We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. All right, let's come in and grab our seats. In we come. Who stayed up to midnight? Not many. I've just made it, but it's because I was cleaning. Um, you know, it was my wife's birthday yesterday, New Year's Eve. It's a real handy birthday because you never forget it. And uh, <laughs> um, I'm a bit like Dean. I'm not big on New Year's resolutions. I know what I need to do. It's no surprise. And uh, <laughs> I've got an issue breaking up with chocolate. It's just a love-hate relationship. Um, and so, but I... I believe the same with Dean. It's a good time just to stop and reassess. And and uh, last year we had a, a speaker on the first Sunday of Jan, and his name was Gabe. And uh, he's actually an American guy who married an Aussie, but he lived in Philippines uh, for a long time. And he said the biggest church service for the whole year in the Philippines is the first one in January. Everyone comes, and, and it's a service where they get a word for the year. And they hold on to it. I don't know if you remember, but Gabe preached, and I remember it. And because he he preached about how God's hand is upon you. And it was a great word to hold on to for the year. Whether you you feel like things are going great or things are a bit of a mess, you hold on to God's hand is upon you. And so uh, I feel like we've got something similar for you today. I'm going to talk about God's promise to rest. Rest. And I'm not just talking about rest because you might be a little bit sleepy this morning because you stayed up late or you don't know what day it is. But, but God's promised rest. It's a pretty awesome promise. And, uh, and so that's what I'm going to speak about. And we're going to read a large chunk of Scripture to start with and I'm going to refer to it throughout. All right, so we're almost going to read two whole chapters together. And, and, and because it's New Year's Day, uh, I need you to, to, to stay with me and awake. So when you see the word rest, we have to say it together. All right? Because we're going to read a large chunk, and, and it's an awesome bit of passage. But when you see the word rest, and it'll appear a few times, we're going to say it together. Is that all right? And so we're in Hebrews, the third chapter, and we're going to start at verse 5. And it says, Moses was certainly faithful in God's house as a servant. His work was an illustration of the truths God will later reveal later. But Christ as the Son is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. That is why the Holy Spirit says, today when you hear his voice, Don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw my miracles for 40 years. So I was angry with them and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath, they will never enter my place of rest. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. 
You must warn each other every day while it is still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Remember what it says, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And who was it who rebelled against God, even though they heard his voice? Wasn't it the people Moses led out of Egypt? And who made God angry for 40 years? Wasn't it the people who sinned, whose corpses lay in the wilderness? And to whom was God speaking when he took an oath that they would never enter his rest? Wasn't it the people who disobeyed him? So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. That, that sounds like serious, doesn't it? <laughs> tremble with fear that we don't experience this rest. For this is good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them, but it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his. As for the others, God said, in my anger I took an oath, they will never enter my place of. Even though this has been ready since he made the world. We know it is ready because of the place in scriptures where it mentions the seventh day on the seventh day God from all his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter my place of. So God's is there for people to enter, but those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God set another time for entering his, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Now if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this, God would not have spoken about another day of still to come. So there is a special still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's have from their labours, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that. But if we disobey God, as the people of Israel did, we will fall. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. God, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Make it come alive in us.
this rest you talk about, uh, let us experience it, let us understand it, let us know you more. In the name of Jesus, amen. Uh, well, when I read things, I, I read, this talks about rest a lot. <laughs> you probably said it, I actually didn't count it, probably at least eight times, right? Eight, nine times. And sometimes we need to have a bigger look because if we're thinking of rest as in, you know, if we experience God's rest, it's just like having a bit of a holiday. Or it's like um, uh, just have a relaxing Saturday morning. Or to experience God's rest is just to get a zap from heaven and just feel refreshed. Like, I don't think that's what it means. Because the writer of Hebrews talks about it a lot. And he says, tremble in fear that you don't experience it. That sounds serious, but it sounds pretty amazing. So when I read all this about rest, and when I read that we should tremble in fear that we don't experience it, it makes me think, well, I want to know a bit more of what this is talking about. Because <laughs> it sounds pretty important and pretty amazing. And so we need to have a step back and think about what, what, what's God actually saying here and what even is God's rest? Because I don't think it's a lazy Saturday morning. That's my rest. No jobs, right? We don't like jobs. No jobs, coffee, maybe a, some kind of sport to watch. That's my rest. I don't think that's what God's talking about. And so what is this rest? Well, I think it's a few things. One, it's available to all of us. He, he talked about how it was for the nation of Israel, but he says this rest is still today. So whoever we are today, this rest is available for you and me through Jesus. So this promised rest, that the rest that this special rest is here for us, it's available to all of us here. So that's great. So it means we all fit into that. And it's not a moment, but it's a way of living. God's rest isn't just getting a little zap and being refreshed. God's rest is a way of living. You know, the writer of Hebrews compared it to the nation of Israel, who they were enslaved in Egypt. Moses brought them out of Egypt under the power of God, and he led them towards the promised land. Now, if you know the story, they took a few detours and a bunch didn't get there, right? But that was where they were going, and they're calling this promised land rest. Now, they didn't just get there and, boom, have rest. Bob's your uncle, good on you, happy new year, you're fine forever. No, it was a way of living. And so this special rest that God's prepared for us, it's a way of living. It's not a moment. It's not a moment in worship where we get a zap from heaven and we just feel lighter. That can happen. We can just be filled with peace and refreshment. But it, this special rest is a way of living. It's a way of living. It's... Rest is living in God's will and God's favour. See, the promised land for the nation of Israel, that was where they were meant to go. God had a plan for them to come out of Egypt and go into a land he, he made for them and designed for them. That was God's will and God's favour. Now, they had a choice whether they got there or not. But God's got a will and favour for us. God's got a rest for us. And it's his will and favour. And we have a choice whether to enter or not. If we go there. This is what Jesus, he talked about this abundant life. Jesus said, I'll give you abundant life. But I've met Christians who don't have abundant life. <laughs> and so you, know, you can actually believe in Jesus 
but not have abundant life. You can believe in God, but not have rest and not live in rest. The nation of Israel believed God existed, but they didn't enter the promised land. You can believe in Jesus, but still have a bunch of dysfunctional relationships. You can believe in Jesus, but still be filled with worry. But we can live in his rest, his will, his favour. You know what his rest is? His rest is, is a secure identity in a future. See, when you follow Jesus, you're secure and you're a son and daughter of God. You are loved. You are chosen. Uh, you are made. You are made whole. Uh, your future is secure. See, when you enter his rest, it's like an ease that you're God's. He knows you, he made you, he loved you, he's redeemed you, he's restored you. Your future's secure, you've got a home in heaven. He's with you, whatever you face. That brings rest. When we truly believe that the Spirit of God is within us, for us and ahead of us, we can just take a deep breath. Because whatever this year throws at us, God's ahead of us, God's with us. See, when we truly know that, that's rest. That's rest. It's a security. You know, God provides the rest, but it's our job to enter it. Uh, God provided the promised land for the nation of Israel, but it was their job to go in. Now, God made a way. He said he was going to be with them. He promised everything, but they still had to enter. See, this life of rest God has for us, his favour, his will, God's got it there ready for us. We just have to enter. We have to enter. Enter his rest. Enter his favour. Enter his will. And God's rest doesn't mean life will be perfect. They go into the promised land. They still have to deal with a few like enemies and armies and a few other things. Right? But it means that whatever you go through, it, it, when you go into God's favour, God's will, he's with you, he's for you, his spirit is inside of you, his peace is with you, that's God's rest. Security. So it says we have to enter God's rest. Because that's where I want to live this year. I want to live in God's rest. I want to live in God's favour. I want to live in God's will. I don't want to be a follower of Jesus but not have any understanding of the abundant life he promises. I don't want to be like the nation of Israel who know God, who have seen miracles but don't go into the promised land. I want to enter the rest. I want to enter the life-giving and throughout these verses, it, it, it gives us a few keys. And one is to have soft hearts. Soft hearts. I'll read just a, a snapshot. Today, don't harden your hearts as Israel did. Soft hearts. Jesus told a parable of the seed that was sown and the, the, the seed that fell on hard soil didn't produce fruit, but the one that went in soft, fertile soil produced much fruit. Hard hearts. My wife's a bit of a gardener, and sometimes I'm full of love and I help. <laughs> Two to three times a year in the right Talia. I'm just compelled with love and I help garden. And, and usually it's to dig the holes for the tomato plants. And then I'm okay with it now, but the first time I got a real shock because I thought it was just a little hole, but you have to dig a big hole for tomato plants. And I didn't enjoy myself. Um, because 
there was good soil for about this much, and then the rest was full of rock. And so what I thought would be just a quick 10, 15 minutes, I'm like, yep, cool, full of love, dig some holes, job done. Took like two hours, and it was horrible. And, and so I'm got the, what did I have? I don't know, these big steel bars and all sorts of things. I'm trying to break up these rocks. And it was a horrible experience getting these rocks out of the soil so we can get the tomato plants in. And if we want to be moulded by God, if we want to hear God's voice, if we want to experience the Spirit of God, we need soft hearts. We need soft hearts. And so what, what is that? It's, it's a lovely picture, but what... Well, what's the stuff that gets in the way of experiencing and hearing from God? I'll give you a clue. It'll come to mind when you try and worship. That person who said that thing or did that. That's a, that's a rock. That bitterness or that distraction. That stuff that stops us connecting with God. We've got to get rid of that. God's ready to speak to us. He's ready to guide us. He's ready to impart something to us. He's ready to fill us with his spirit. But soft soil was what's needed. If we want to be molded by God, if we want to hear from God, we need soft hearts. That means we're going to get rid of the hard stuff. I'll give you, uh, I'll tell you what I do sometimes. If I'm praying and worshipping and, I'm, I'm, and I find myself annoyed at someone. Because it usually comes to mind when you're trying to connect with God. I just pray for them until it goes away. And the first few lines, I do it really grumpily. I go, God, just bless Gabby. Um, just bless her. Just bless her heaps. Just make life good for her. I don't know. Make her happy. Right. And it's not, I don't enjoy it at the start. But as I, as I persevere, and suddenly my prayers are a bit more legitimate. And I mean them and I'm praying for blessing and, and favour and peace and God's spirit. And then suddenly, I'm not annoyed anymore. If a distraction comes up, if you're trying to worship, if you're trying to read with God and this issue keeps coming, pray about that for God. Get rid of that. We need soft hearts. We need to be moldable, hear from God. I believe God's speaking to us all the time through people, through his word, through his spirit, but often we're not ready to hear. If we want to live in God's rest, if we want to live in God's way, we've got to have soft, soft hearts, open hearts. Get rid of the rocks. You know what else we need? We need right belief. In verse 19 it says, so we, so we see because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. You know, we can have the wrong belief but still believe in Jesus. We can be unbelieving believers, right? We, there's a light church in Ardrossan. It's been going for almost five years. And there was a bunch of people at the start who was telling me, oh, it's a hard town. Oh, things don't happen here. Oh, people have tried it before and there's some kind of something, a curse or something over the town. And they were unbelieving believers, you know what? Most of them still don't go to church anywhere. Unbelieving believers. I said, that's great, but God's spirit is there, so who cares? We care what's over the town, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> God's spirit's over the town. 
right belief enters us into rest. And it's stuff we, we say all the time, but we actually got to sometimes think if we actually believe it. Like, um, do you believe God is with you and for you? No, but do you actually believe it? Do you wake up believing that God is with you? Do you wake up believing his favour and presence is for you? Because if we actually truly believe that, that would actually change. It would change how we handle situations, wouldn't it? It would change how we look ahead to the year. Do you believe that God is love? Because if we truly believe that, he'll never be distant. He'll never be far off. Do we believe that God is powerful? We sang it, Jesus, shout Jesus, Jesus can do miracles, but do we actually believe it? Do we say it, but do we believe it? Because if we believe it, it would change what we do. Do we believe it? What do you believe about your family, your church, your community? So we need right belief to enter rest, but then we need obedience. You know, I actually think obedience shows right belief in practice. I, I, I coached a basketball team a few years ago because I got crippled and I couldn't play anymore. And then we were just an average team all year because we didn't try very hard. And you say, oh, you say, no, we never trained, we never warmed up. Um, most games we would be down by 20 points and then lose by two points because we eventually play good because we warm up in the third or fourth quarter, right? And so one of our players, he didn't have belief in us, so he booked a holiday for the grand final weekend. Now, we were sitting fifth in the top four play finals, right? And then we had to win the last game to get into finals. And we won by 60 points. Our first win after Christmas, it was late Feb. <laughs> so we snuck in to the finals. And then there was the top three teams who have been the best three teams all year. And then we beat the first one by a point. And then we beat the next one by a point. Still not warming up or anything or training. And we got to the grand final and he wasn't there. And we lost by 10 points. He didn't think we were going to get there. So he acted differently. Right? If I knew the Adelaide Crows were going to be in the grand final and win by 100 points... I'll do what I can to get there, but it's unlikely, right? I don't have the belief. Because when you believe one way, you act accordingly. This is why we have to have right belief, because if we have right belief, we'll obey accordingly. Because you think about it, 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 if we believe God is powerful, if we truly believe that God is a God of miracles, we'll act accordingly, won't we? We'll pray differently. We'll look at situations differently. If we truly believe that God is with us and for us, which he is, that will change how we approach every moment, every day. Where we believe we obey. Obedience shows belief. This is when we see miracles. See, this is God's rest. It's his will and favour. It's miracles, it's open doors, it's blessings when we believe and obey. The Word of God. 
What do we believe? Then we need to live in the Word. It's funny, these chapters, like it, it talks a lot about rest, and then the writer seems to change topics. Did you read that at the end? It's like rest, 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 went into rest, didn't go into rest, special rest, didn't go into rest, went into rest, got a rest. Like it's rest, 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 rest. And then suddenly it's the Word of God is a living, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. Like it's like, what are you doing? Like, did you just get confused? Did you change topics? Like, what's the author doing? And I think it's purposeful. We read it and it says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The living word of God, the Bible, it, it's a pathway to rest. It's no accident that it's put after all the talking about rest. This author saying, hey, this is one of the best ways to get in there. <laughs> if you want to live in the will of God, if you want to live in the rest and the favour of God, the living word of God. Because it happens in two ways. One is, is we learn it over time. It builds up like a bank account and we learn the principles and we govern our lives by it. And it just moulds us over time. But then because it's living and alive, it speaks to us in the moment. So it builds up in time, we learn the principles, we learn God's word and promises, and it builds. But then God can speak to us in the moment. Happened to me two nights ago, where Tali was being difficult. Now, I was being very difficult, and, um, and I, I'm like, fine, I'll just go read my Bible. Had to finish my sermon. And you know what I read? Be a peacemaker. Come on, get off it. Like, be a peacemaker? That's what I needed now, God? No. It should be, I don't know, be strong and courageous. Continue on in your defiance. Oh. Submit to no, no, I'm joking. Um, and I'm like, oh, God, come on. Like, let me read that in a few days' time, not like in the moment. It's too humbling. And but that's what I needed, because I was being a bit of a muppet, right? So God, he, he speaks through his word, but that's why we, we have to keep reading it. You might have read it before, yeah, awesome, but then God wants to speak to us today, and sometimes it'll be something like that, and sometimes you won't notice it until later, because it's for someone else, right? But the living word of God, get it in you, build a bank of it. You know, this is where the soft heart receives from heaven, is through the Word. We talked about soft heart, hearing from God. If you want to hear from God, spend some time in His Word. If you want to be moulded, if you want to enter His rest and His purpose, get into a habit of living in this. Read it, get it in you. Last one. If we want to live in God's promised rest, we have to enter the presence of God. So then we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. The high priest of us understands our weaknesses, for he faced the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Jesus, our Saviour, our God, our high priest, our friend, he welcomes us into his presence, knowing fully 
all the bad stuff. <laughs> Understanding our weaknesses, but knowing it and understanding it, but he defeated it, and so he has authority in life. Jesus, our friend, our saviour, welcomes us into his presence to receive mercy and grace. You know, it's a bit like the word, if you want to live in God's earth, we've got to continually enter the presence of God. Remember, the, the promised land, God's rest, we choose whether we enter or not. God's presence, we choose whether we enter God's presence or not. And church is great, but it's an everyday choice. Will I enter the presence of God? Will I spend time with the presence of God? And if we commit to doing that, we will live in God's favour, we will live in His rest, we will be moulded by God, hear from God. It says you receive grace when you need it most. What do you need right now? Mercy, comfort, love, strength, guidance, that's grace. Mercy, undeserved favour and love. It says come boldly. You enter boldly into places you're comfortable with, right? I enter my house boldly because I'm comfortable there. I enter church boldly because I'm comfortable here. I enter the Ardrossan Football Club boldly because I'm comfortable there. There's places I won't enter boldly. Jesus welcomes us into his presence. We can go straight on in knowing we are accepted, loved and welcomed. And then we receive grace and mercy. We're filled afresh with His Spirit. If we want to live in rest, in God's will and favour, it's there. He's prepared it. He promises it. We've got to enter His presence. We've got to live in His presence. Some of us just visit God's presence. <laughs> Some of us just pop our head in. Pop your head in on a Sunday every now and then to the presence of God. Or, or every now and then say a little prayer. Now we've got, to, we've got to live in God's presence. Don't visit Make a home there. Get comfy there. If it feels a little bit awkward or not, or not quite right to start, well, you just got to keep going because the more you go somewhere, the more comfortable it gets. Right? Get comfy in God's presence. Come boldly into God's presence. You'll receive grace and mercy filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I want to live this year in the rest and the will and the favour of God. That's where I want to live. I just want to live in that space. Whatever it looks like. And I personally, and you personally, we have choice whether we're going to enter into that rest, into the will of God. And God makes it really simple. He doesn't make it complicated. Just get close to God. Word of God prayer, worship, if we get close to God that's 90% of the job done <laughs> he makes it real simple for us it's like news resolutions to lose weight, it's simple, move more, eat less right we all know it, but only a few of us do it, right, it's not hard and I say that knowing I want to do it more right, it's not tricky right new, there's no new news resolutions, they're all old right it should be called old years. It's just old stuff we want to do again. God makes it so simple. Get close to me. Spend time with me 
and you'll be in my will, you'll be in my rest, I'll teach you, I'll guide you, I'll mold you, I'll lead you, I'll pour out my spirit on you, just get close to me. If we could just get it and do it. See, when we get in his presence, our beliefs will get stronger, our obedience will get better, our hearts will be soft. I believe God's got miracles for us every year. I believe God's got favor for us every year. I believe God's got open doors for us every year. But it's if we live in his will, if we live in his presence, if we have soft hearts. And that's why it's good to talk about at the start of the year because that, the old stuff's gone. Whether you lived in God's presence or didn't, it's done. But you can do it now. You can do it now. If we make a choice, how am I going to live in the presence of God. I'm not going to visit. I'm not going to dabble. I'm going to live in the presence and the favour of God. I wonder if the team could come. God's God's promised special rest. You know, I thought once, I, I wish God put like definitions for all his words in. So if it was like another book of the Bible, the definition book, like this is exactly what rest is. This is exactly what peace is. This is exactly what hope is. But I think God doesn't do it for a reason because you can't define it. Like the love of God we can know it, we can experience it, but it keeps getting better and better and we can't just put it in a box because it's so amazing. The peace of God. And I think the rest God offers us is a bit like that. This promised special rest that we should tremble with fear that we don't enter. I think it's a bit like that. I think it's an amazing way to live, a promised way to live, a life-giving way to live that's on offer for us if we enter. God makes it simple. Let's get close to him. Read, pray, worship, spend time with God. But I felt that uh, uh, that's your choice whether you spend time with God or not this year. That's your choice. But as I'm just up here now, uh, we need to just check what we believe. Do you believe God's with you? Or do you really believe it? Do you believe he is love? Do you believe he is powerful? Do you believe he's ahead of you preparing a way for you? Do you believe it? Because we can get used to this. But God is the same yesterday, today or forever. It's either true or it's not. Is he love? Is he powerful? Is he with me? Does he promise his spirit? As we just finish, and Sarah's got a, a song, I just want us to just have a bit of a check, a check-up. What am I believing? Because belief dictates how we live. Am I living like God is love? Am I living like he's with me and his presence is ahead of me? Am I living like he is all-powerful? 
think we just need to check it. Just need to check it. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence. God, I thank you that you make it so easy for us. God, you just say, come to me. Jesus, you said, come to me and I'll give you rest. God, you welcome us into your presence. You say, come boldly, receive mercy, receive grace, be filled with my spirit. God, you make it so easy, so available for us. And so we enter into your presence. God, we make a commitment this year to not just visit your presence, not just to visit your word, but to live in it. God, help us to have soft hearts, to hear from you, to be molded by you. God, if we, if we're, if our beliefs are a bit astray, God, just highlight them for us right now. Show us, God. We repent, we turn to you. God, we want to enter your rest, your will, your favor. So, God, we come into your presence, humble, open, with soft hearts. We remove anything hard, we remove it to the side and we just invite you to speak to us, to lead us, to mould us, to guide us, to fill us with your spirit, to have your way in us. We want to live in your rest. We want to live in your favour. We want to live in your love.